Hey, what's up, How About This listeners? It's Mike Stout back again for another episode of How About This, and we are super excited for this episode. We're talking about a fairly modern video game today, but one that Jordan and I love so very much, something that we've discussed backwards and forwards over the last seven or eight years, and we are talking about the video game known as Shovel Knight. If you're not a fan of Shovel Knight or if you're a gamer and you haven't played this, I highly suggest you go and take a look at this game and play this game before listening to this episode of the podcast. But we really dig deep with our proverbial shovels and really get down to business on this one. So without further ado, oh, but wait, we have a message first. Ooh, all right, all you how about this listeners out there. We're going to talk about the Summer of Slam. That's right. Coming to you this summer from Memorial Day to Labor Day. We're going to hit the mat. We're going to do the suplexes. We're going to jump off the top turnbuckle. We're going to drive elbows into faces because we're going to talk about competition, fighting, wrestling, and Mario Party. What? Mario Party? I thought this was about slamming. Well, Mario Party could get pretty intense. So, if you're a How About This fan, and you're ready for the summer, and you're ready to go to the mat with everything you got, well then you better listen to every single episode of the Summer of Slam! That's right, brothers. Get ready to slam. Welcome back to another episode of How About This, and for today's episode, we celebrate shovelry! Break the earth! Joining me on today's episode, it is the most decadent <laughs> of, the, of the kings that I know, the leader of Pride More Keep, Mr. Jordan Hugh, or should I call him King Jordan Hugh? Yeah, yes you should. Bow down. And I am so happy to be uh, once again here with my co-host, who is the bane of the order of no quarter, Mike Staub himself. You all should know what we're talking about today because it literally says it when you click the episode. But uh, <laughs> if you couldn't tell from our hints, we're going to be discussing Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight! One of the most important video games of the last 10 years is Shovel Knight. Without a doubt, I think it's one of the most important games to have released in the modern era, because to me, Shovel Knight is a game that represents the retro explosion, the retro revolution, and also is not the first of the indie games, but it's one of the first indie games to really blow up and be something to take notice of. Like, obviously, before Shovel Knight, we had games like Braid and Cave Story and probably Spelunky. There was a whole, there was a, a nice stable of independent games but by the time you get to shovel knight shovel knight kind of blows everything out of the water it's one of the first indie games that really shows you that hey this this space this indie space has some really great creators that can make some really great stuff now obviously shovel knight is based off of a plethora of 8 and 16 bit games yeah let's let's pause here so this is shovel knight is like the it's like it has coalesced from what I imagine was like an idea storm that has a whole bunch of shit in there. So obviously Mega Man mm-hmm. and DuckTales are the two that yes. I could think of right away. But what else is in there? So you got a lot, actually. So Mega Man and DuckTales are at the forefront. Mainly DuckTales, only really DuckTales because one of Shovel Knight's main moves is that he can pogo on people similar to, similarly right. to Scrooge it's McDuck. It's very Scrooge-esque, yeah. It's very Scrooge McDuck, D- McDuck-esque from the original DuckTales game on the NES by Capcom, 
and Mega Man, obviously, it was also by Capcom. Where you get the Mega Man feel is that one, Shovel Knight doesn't have a run button. So that's first and foremost. So Shovel Knight kind of just moves at that speed all the time. And you have eight bosses that you have to fight, very similar to Mega Man's Robot Masters that you would fight throughout a Mega Man game before going to Dr. Wily. Now, with Shovel Knight, you kind of have to fight them. You don't ha- you can't really fight them completely out of order, but you can fight them in, 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 in varying orders based on what parts of the map you unlock. Right, now, so there's some open pathing almost similar to like a Mario 3. Yes, exactly. And that's that's what I was going to say next is that it's got a Mario 3 feel to it where the world map kind of operates how the world map in Super Mario Brothers 3 operates. It's actually, I think, the world map on Shovel Knight or the map of the quote-unquote valley is what they call it. Kind of is a little bit more expansive. It's a little bigger. It's a little bit more uh, designed. It's a little bit more yeah. intricate, even though essentially serves the same purpose. And even to that point where you, when you want to talk about Super Mario Brothers 3, you even have enemies that pop up on the map, similarly to like the Hammer Brothers in Super Mario Brothers 3, where you can run into them to do like a fight, like a one-on-one fight with these characters on these stages. So that's definitely from that. There's also a little bit of love towards a game like Zelda 2, which is not like the original Zelda at all. It's actually a side-scrolling kind of action combat game where some of Link's moves will upgrade over time to actually kind of, Shovel Knight kind of mimics some of those moves as you go throughout the game in Shovel Knight. Also, the RPG elements of Shovel Knight, like upgrading your magic, upgrading your health, doing things like that, are definitely are influenced from something like a Zelda 2. And there's also a whole lot of Castlevania in Shovel Knight, especially in the way in right. which you use your items. So in Castlevania, you will get power to use special items, whether it be a throwing axe or holy water or a dagger that you throw or a cross boomerang. In Shovel Knight, you get these powers, uh, but you don't lose them, but you get these powers, but you can use your magic spell power to use them similarly to Simon Belmont using hearts in Castlevania. So there's definitely a lot of Castlevania there as well. Uh, Some people would say Metroid, but there's really not a lot of Metroid in Shovel Knight, it's really just a, it's Mega Man meets Mario 3 meets Castlevania meets DuckTales. It's kind of like that hodgepodge all kind of put together with like the slightest, slightest little bit of Dark Souls based on how essentially you traverse through the area where there are are checkpoints throughout the area that you can get to. And when you die, you lose all your stuff, but you can go like pick it up again. Right. And we are in, this game is 8-bit. Or it's eight eight bit inspired, eight bit plus. It's it's like the NES could not do what Shovel Knight does. Shovel Knight, okay. it's as close to being an eight bit game as you possibly can be. I would say it's probably more like there are aspects of it that are very much more like a sixteen bit game. You have parallax scrolling sure. growing on in the background. The color palette is way more robust. Okay, than so an let's NES say it's, let's palette. say sixteen bit probably. So this is Yacht Club's love letter to the games of a certain very specific period of time, like yeah. like very early 90s, late I would, 80s. I would say, yeah, this is definitely like a game that is inspired by stuff that was like like 1988 to like 1990, 1991, pretty much before we got the real jump to the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo. This game is kind of like something that would be very close to being playable on the NES, 
and definitely something that would shine on like the TurboGrafx-16 or the PC Engine. But in the end, the way it feels to me and the way it feels to most people out there is that this is very much a love letter to the NES generation. So the 8-bit Nintendo generation, and it's really everything that we loved about games like at, from that era. Uh, created into this new this new piece so it's really special because of that and it was one of the first games that i remember seeing on kickstarter yes i was gonna say this this has to be like the most successful crowdsourced video game of all time it's definitely the most notable or one of the first notable most notable games what's really crazy about shovel knight is you would think oh shovel knight raised millions of dollars in kickstarter and and it didn't it's kind of like it's kind of like old internet videos right it's kind of like, oh, of course the dancing baby has a billion views. And it doesn't. You go and look at it, and you're like, no, nah, it doesn't have a billion views. But it's it's like one of the first and most important. So their original goal for Yacht Club Games, the, the company that developed Shovel Knight, they, their original goal, I think, was like 75000 bucks, And they ended up raising like over $300,000 in their mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Now, that's a lot of money. Uh, that's before the game was put out and sold. And before they made physical versions and before it was ported to every system and before it made it to PC. So Shovel Knight ended up raising $325,000, $350,000, which at that point in time for a Kickstarter project, especially a Kickstarter video game, was incredible. Nothing even came close at that point in time. And they raised the money so quick that their reach goals all got hit to the point where they were making Shovel Knight games for like seven years. <laughs> right. Right. Because <laughs> Silver Knight comes out in 2014 as a Wii U and 3DS exclusive. If that, that sounds crazy, right? So it comes out on the Wii U and the 3DS. And then they realize the popularity was there so that it gets moved to PC. It gets moved to PlayStation 3 at it, that point. Play, yeah. PlayStation 3 and then PlayStation 4 and now PlayStation 5. And then, and then obviously it also gets moved over to Xbox and, and Xbox One. And each different version has like different added stuff. So like if you play on the Xbox, the Battletoads show up. If you Which play is it, so cool, yeah. So cool. And if you play it on PS4, I think Kratos from God of War shows up. Right. So it's, it's a very interesting piece that has become instrument, instrumental in the retro revolution, as I like to call it, and the rebirth of retro games. And I think it's probably at least some part responsible for making people more aware of retro games and proliferating the retro um, appreciation because as someone who works at conventions for retro games you get a lot of young kids that come to these things now and they're like familiar with a lot of these characters because of things like shovel knight or or super smash brothers Mm -hmm. so it's it's actually kind of interesting to see where it's like people don't look at 16-bit and 8-bit games anymore and go oh those are stupid and ugly and they look bad they actually look at them for what they're really made out of and shovel knight just from a production value start to finish is like one of the greatest looking things in recent memory i mean it looks amazing It's beautiful yeah the music's beautiful uh, an amazing Jake Kaufman who did all the music for it. He just did an incredible job. Some of the most memorable music of the recent era, especially now we're in an era where video game music, like isn't as memorable as it used to be. It's kind of like how film music has, has gone where it's just like, all right, this is just kind of for staging and it's for stuff to like, kind of, kind of have a vibe to it, but not really something yeah. memorable, but Shovel Knight has a lot of great themes and they even actually brought in, one of the Mega Man composers to do a few songs or at least one song. Oh, really? Shovel Knight. Yeah. Uh, one of the Mega Man composers had worked on this a little bit, but it's mostly all one person who, who worked on Shovel Knight. 
Do you think Shovel Knight's appearance is purposely inspired by Mega Man, being the, the blue armor and the kind of the shape of the helm and stuff like that? Like, he reminds me of Mega Man in many ways. He's very Mega Man-ish, especially when you get to like, even like Mega Man X, right? How he's got like those big like shoulder pads and he's blue. Sure, yeah. In the end, he has a Boba Fett helmet too, right? So true, there's, yeah. There's definitely like some kind of like, this is this is kind of one of those things, like you said, it's like a fever dream, right? I feel like it was a, a small group of people probably got together and like, let's make an 8-bit game starring a knight and like, eh, let's make it like kind of like Mega Man. And you know what? Let's make him look cool. Let's give him a Boba Fett helmet. Like it seems like it's a nerd dream that they kind of just smash all these ideas together. And in in the game world, in the industry at that time, silliness and goofiness was kind of frowned upon. But what Shovel Knight kind of did is it embraced the fact that it's kind of stupid, at least to a degree, right? His name is Shovel Knight. He attacks people with a shovel. Yeah, the whole the whole game has a sort of meta quality of being aware of itself as a video game. I mean, for God's sakes, the villains are called the Order of No Quarter. It has, within the game, references to itself as a game, perpetually through the game. Yes. Which I think is great and charming and really wonderful. Do we know anything about the folks at Yacht Club? Do we know if if this is going to be an enduring company that produces other stuff? Or was this like a one-time flash in the pan, like, nope, just doing Shovel Knight? Shove, Shovel Knight put Yacht Club on the map, and Yacht Club has continued to do things, and they will continue to do things moving forward. First of all, Shovel Knight has become like the mascot of indie games. Sure. Sho Shovel Knight, I think, is in over 25 different games. Wow. Pops up in almost every indie game because the indie developers have this kind of great camaraderie where they kind of share each other's characters a lot. Mm, yeah. And Shovel Knight is in a bunch of stuff. He's in like a Road Rash game. He's in Ukulele, which is like a Banjo-Kazooie style game. <laughs> He's an enemy in Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is a, or Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is a Castlevania. It's, it's made by the guy who made Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but it's his new series of games. Sh Shovel Knight, in quotes, shows up as an enemy in that. It's called Sword, uh, it's called Shovel Armor. It's like an animated shovel armor that you fight. He's in a whole bunch of stuff. And Yacht Club had made so much money on Shovel Knight and its expansions because people like me who didn't kickstart the project actually have bought Shovel Knight probably three or four times at this point. I bought it, yeah, on, the, I bought yeah. it on the Wii U. I bought it on the 3DS. I bought it on the Xbox. I bought it on the PlayStation 4 because I wanted the extra character. So that's four right there. I bought it on the PC. So that's five. And then I bought it on the Switch. Uh, so I bought Shovel Knight six different times. So my question for you then, Mike, is we usually talk about sort of our first experience with these properties and things like that. So you're, you're you know, a video game aficionado. How did you first hear about Shovel Knight? What was the buzz? What was your first experience playing this like? What was what was that time like? So Shovel Knight was interesting because I saw it through the Internet at this point in time. So like 2012, 2013, this was like the era where stuff was getting shared on social media, like in massive amounts. It was starting to become what we're used to social media, social media is now, right? So everyone would just share stuff they like. And I remember this game being shared on Facebook in a Kickstarter. And it might've been like IGN sharing the Kickstarter. It might've been Polygon or Kotaku or one of the, one of the sites that I frequent. And I saw the video for Shovel Knight and it was the Kickstarter video and it was too late for me. I think it was getting, it might've been too late for me to kickstart it. Okay. But I saw the video and I, and. I saw it and then like three or four people shared it on my wall mm. on Facebook back when we had walls and <laughs> I clicked on it and I remember watching the video and I'm like, I'm buying this game the day it comes out. This is yeah. everything I want about a, out of a video game. And I didn't kickstart 
uh, Shovel Knight, un- unfortunately. I think I would have liked to have kickstarted it. Nowadays, if this was on a Kickstarter now, I probably would have given it a hundred bucks. And because I gave the game a yeah. hundred bucks anyway, right? I've given them all, I've given them more than a hundred. More than that, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I bought Shovel Knight in the Wii the day it came out and I played it through. And then I've played all of the expansions as they've come out because you get them for free. <laughs> if you yeah. bought Shovel Knight, you get the expansions for free, which is Yacht Club's testament to their fans. And this game is so good. And I also kind of feel bad for Yacht Club to a degree. I don't feel bad for them because the game's so successful. It's like, but they've also locked themselves into, well, we had to make Shovel Knight games for seven years. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of a shame because they probably wanted to move on and do something else. But but Yacht Club is also uh, publishing now. So they publish games from other indie developers. As but well. what a special relationship that they now have with their fans who must feel so rewarded from this. I mean, that's it's really a terrific thing they've been doing. Yeah, if you're a Shovel Knight fan like like we are, it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, they actually care about the fans. They want to give us what we want. And they've, mm-hmm. they could have phoned in every single expansion that they made, but every single expansion of Shovel Knight is just a whole yeah. new game. Right, they serve a meal every time. Really, they could just be you know giving us little desserts, but it's, it's really a whole new experience each time, still wired into that same wonderful universe. So we've had three major expansions so far, yeah? Uh, there, there are three expansions. There's the original game, which they've, <laughs> which I find hilarious, knowing Yacht Club and their sense of humor. So the original game was just called Shovel Knight. Right. The se- when they released the second, the first expansion, which is called The Plague of Shadows, mm-hmm. they actually went back and renamed Shovel Knight to Shovel of Hope. Just like <laughs> just like Lucas did with Star Wars. Very good. It's kind of like their tip of the cap to like, well, I mean, hope, right? A new hope, Shovel of Hope. So uh, then you have Plague of Shadows where you get to play as Plague Knight, who is a Plague Doctor Knight who creates potions and throws potions and all this stuff. And his whole quest is about making this like potion, this amazing potion, because he's in love with, with oh geez, what's her name? I forget her name. He's in love with someone and he wants to use the potion as like a love potion to, to you know profess his love to her and whatnot. And then the second expansion is Spectre of Torment, which is normally considered the best of the Shovel Knight games and the best expansion where you play a Spectre Knight who is like the undead zombie ghost knight who it's Spectre Knight's job to essentially assemble the Order of No Quarter for the Enchantress to essentially protect her and stop Shovel Knight from, from you know, stopping her from getting that amulet or whatnot. And then the last and final expansion <laughs> is King of Cards. Which is which, my favorite. Which is unbelievably amazing where you get to play as King Knight doing King Knight stuff, but also you get to play this incredibly fun card game that they made yeah. for Shovel Knight. It's crazy what they've done. And then icing on the cake is Shovel Knight Showdown which is like a Smash Brothers-like with the Shovel Knight characters. And I played that a handful of times with some friends. And that game is so much fun for a party. It's like you get to pick which knight you want to play as and just go to town and beat the heck out of each other. But like they've given us like four and a half full games. And it's really special. And Yacht Club really needs to be applauded for that. And I'm kind of happy that they're no longer stuck behind Shovel Knight. I really hope they continue to work with Shovel Knight. You know what I mean? Like it would I'm be sure like they will. Nintendo. I don't want Nintendo to stop making Mario games and Zelda games. I just, I want more Shovel Knight. I'd love to see what Yacht Club has to do next. They published a game earlier this year called Cyber Shadow, which is a Ninja Gaiden-like. And it's a lot of fun. 
And Yacht Club, I'm happy they have the financial resources to be able to now help publish games from indie developers. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But it would be really nice to see them work with Shovel Knight again. But I'd also really love Yacht Club to maybe work with another classic game company uh, and maybe take a license and do something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, clearly they're amazing. What about you? What's your experience with the Shovel Knight? So... As listeners are probably familiar with, I am not a video game aficionado. In fact, I'm like one of those people who I probably only play one or two new games a year, which is, I know, really sad. But uh, also, if I really love a game, I'll play it forever. Which is good. Yeah, and Shovel Knight is one of those. And so the fact that it's kind of this thing that keeps growing and expanding and adding on to itself is is really rewarding, especially for someone like me. Because I'm the kind of guy that like will be like, oh, cool, the new Bioshock Infinite that's coming out in 2013. And I've been playing it for, you know, eight years at this point and just keep going back to it. That's just me. And I, I know there are other gamers like me out there, even if they don't like to admit it. But like when I'm in the mood to play a video game, I very often just reach for the same stuff. And Shovel Knight was one of those games. Mike, as, as you well know, you and I, we, we love Mega Man X. It was very much a part of our growing up. And I think it was you who mentioned Shovel Knight to me first, but then also other people in my life who definitely brought up Shovel Knight to me as being like, Jordan, this is going to be one of your one or two games for the year. Friend of the show, Brendan Bailey had brought this to me at one point. Friend of the show, Carl Naring. Evan Donnellan, friend of the show, who gets mentioned like every episode now. <laughs> Not as much as ATJ, but close. Not as much as ATJ. We have to figure out how to get ATJ into your pitch later, but we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. So all these people have been like, Jordan, play this, Jordan, play this, Jordan, play this. And for like once in my life, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, fine. Okay. So I remember I I didn't have a Wii U at the time, which was like one of the systems it was on. I don't think it was on PlayStation yet for some reason. And so I ended up, it was like one of the only games I ever played on my computer with with like my plugged in controller from like, I don't know what other system I had that I could play it with. I loved it. Like I sat and just played it. I probably played it for a few days, just played the game right through and was just, I couldn't say enough good things about it. And I remember finishing it and not being great at it and being like, oh my God. And I, I knew I loved it because the second I was done, I went back and just played it through again. I did revisit for all the expansions. King of Cards is my favorite really just because of the card game. Plague of Shadows is the only one I've not beaten just because I am so bad at Plague of Shadows. The controls are a little hard to master. Not really. I mean, if I put in some effort, I'm sure I would get it. It's the only one I didn't finish. I thought Spectre Torment was awesome. I obviously love King of Cards. Uh, I've still not played Shovel Knight Showdown. Maybe that's something we should explore, but I, I that sounds awesome. And like you, I'm just so excited to see what else Yacht Club has to offer. Yeah, no, I I, I agree uh, with, with Yacht Club. I'm just so excited to see that. And I remember when you got into Shovel Knight and we would laugh at like how good and silly and fun the writing was. Oh yeah, we particularly liked King Knight. So that was something to have fun with. King He's Knight, very fun. He is incredibly fun. And just the game, it's, it's weird because the game doesn't take itself seriously. No. But because of that, everything is super serious. Right. And Shovel Knight takes himself incredibly seriously. Like he's supposed to be like this regal like knight who's like a knight <laughs> in shining blue armor who has like all these incredible like when you start the first stage, it says strike the earth or sharpen thy shovel, which yeah. is stupid, but it's amazing at the same time. Amazing. And, and when you, I love when you talk to the other knights and you know, when he says to shot, when he talks to King Knight, he's like, you're not even a real king. You're not but a decadent dandy, <laughs> which is just like one of the one of the, just such a good line. It's so fun and it's so silly. And all the bosses, the sprite work is so good. Like some of the bosses are like, like the Black Knight, you know, looks like Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight size. But like when you get to like, like Polar Knight. Yeah, or Polar like Knight's t- huge. Tinker Knight when he's in like that big, that big, um, 
machine that he's in. It's like, there's so much really great stuff. The Enchantress is a great design. Shield Knight's great. design. Great. Yeah. Uh, and the stages look beautiful and feel really different. And, um, and that feels important. I also just love the convention of co collecting the music pages. Yeah. That was something I thought was really special. In fact, <laughs> Mike and I played a D&D game that used that same convention of, exactly. of adventurers who were essentially bards having to hunt down these enchanted music pages. So the game has left a real impression on us, I think, as is clear that we decided to dedicate an episode to it. Yes, absolutely. And it's definitely been one of the more important games to release in the industry. It just, we always get these reminders throughout time that 2D gaming isn't dead. 2D gaming doesn't need to be dead. Retro gaming is something that not only needs to be celebrated, but it's something that needs to be honored and remembered. Yeah. And this game owes a lot to history, right? This game owes a lot to the history of gaming, the history of the art form. And it's a case that we need to preserve these, this art style. And I know you can get into the argument of like, are gaming, is gaming art or is it not art? And it's like, oh, I don't really care to, to be honest with you. I consider it art because I think it's very artistic. It is absolutely art. And in the end, it's, it's something along the lines of, you know, unfortunately... Gaming isn't at the point yet where we feel the need, the overwhelming need to preserve the classics. That and that a lot of we've lost a lot of games because of that. And gaming preservation, sure. there's there's actually a group, the Video Game History Foundation, run by a, a man by the name of Frank Cifaldi, who um, he actually works with our uh, he comes and speaks to her at a Long Island Retro convention and and stuff like that. He's a great guy. He he runs that that convention and. It's he that's his whole thing. His whole thing mm. is we need to preserve this like we do any other form of art because we're Absolutely. losing source code. And games like Shovel Knight, as silly and fun and, and weird as it is, games like Shovel Knight prove to us as artists, as gamers, as people who enjoy art and enjoy experiencing art, it proves to us that this is something that needs to be revered and and kept sacred something that we need to preserve yeah. we don't want to lose this style uh in the future and i'm not one of those retro gamers that believes that modern gaming is bad i think modern gaming is wonderful but i also think that we need to know where it came from and that's why i love stuff like shovel knight and i love stuff like super smash brothers ultimate because super smash brothers ultimate is essentially a history lesson mm. in a video game uh, a lot of people probably don't know half the characters in smash brothers ultimate especially younger people like your you know kids that are like gen z and younger Right. Probably don't know Mega Man or Pac-Man as well as, say, someone like, you know, like Super Mario or, or, or even some of the more modern characters like Joker from Persona 5. But when you go and you play Smash Brothers, it's like, oh, who's Banjo-Kazooie? Or who mm. is, you know, who is Peach? Well, I guess they know Peach, but like, who is Ryu and Ken and all these characters that are from Game and Watch? Yeah, who's Game and Watch, right? Who's yeah. a piece of history himself? So it's very interesting to to see how how we're starting to understand the importance of pres preservation. And I'm not an emulator guy, really. I don't really like emulators, but I understand their importance in that in that goal and how important ROMs are to that. And Shovel Knight really just, I think if we didn't have as much access to retro stuff as we did, I don't know if something like Shovel Knight would ever really succeed or come out. Oh, I, I totally agree. And Mike, everything you just said was so beautifully put. I can, I can hardly add to it. I will just say that folks have discovered, as you said, that video games, like anything else, they age with importance, 
right? They they don't become redundant at any point. It's important to go back and revisit those titles and to make sure that those titles are accessible for young people today in the same ways that you would introduce young folks to, you know, let's say a book series that is much older or great art in, in any case, an older movie, you know? Casablanca is still a good movie now, even though it looks old. You can play that first Mario NES game and it's still perfect like it's still good a kid now would still have fun with that even though they've already had their mind melted by I don't know fucking Minecraft or some shit you know what I mean they've they've seen the limits of what technology could do now with these great computer games or something like that but it, going back and playing these retro classics they're still fun there's something alive in them and it's it's cool to see that being brought out absolutely and Shovel Knight is something that will proliferate that and hopefully create generations of younger gamers who are more interested who are also very interested in the uh, the retro style yes. uh, when you talk about the first super mario game i remember watching one of those videos where it's like kids react to something and <laughs> they they you know a lot of times it's the kids are, it's like kind of weird for the kids and like ah oh, this is stupid or like movies or music or whatnot but i remember when they showed them the nes and mario and there were a couple of kids who were like who hadn't played it before but they were like playing through the game and they were like Oh, this is really good. Like yeah. as, as like like 10, 12 year old kids, maybe even 13 or 14 at the time, they're like, oh no, this is really good. If this had come out today, people would still really like this game. Sure. And, and Shovel Knight, I think, is something hopefully that will be in that in that kind of realm in the future. I think it's a it's it's a modern retro classic and it's something that is uh is really special and just everything about it, production design, like kudos to Yacht Club for just not being afraid to make something original, but also classic at the same time. But uh, yeah, I have some, I have some ideas. Oh my goodness, ideas! Do you have, dare I say, a pitch? I have, a, I have one small pitch, and then one big pitch. You're gonna pitch twice? Yeah, strike it out. This is a double pitch. It's a well, it's like it's like a like a small pitch that doesn't isn't really that that formed out, but then a bigger pitch as we go forward. And I'll, I, have... I would lo I would love your input along the way. I want you to dig deep, Mike, and I want you to say the magic words. How about this? Sharpen thy shovel. Strike the earth. So we have Shovel Knight. This is the smaller pitch. We have Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is clearly supposed to be an 8-bit game. Obviously, even the music, the music is actually pretty, pretty faithful to the NES sound mm. chip and driver, especially if you mod your NES to be able to. So in Japan, you had the Famicom which is the family computer, which is Nintendo's first, first real home console. That came over to America as the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, because they wanted to make it look like a VCR and look less like a toy. If you look at the Famicom, it's this beautiful little toyetic console. It's really great. I actually should buy one. The Famicom had an, an add-on called the Famicom Disk System that would play games on these discs and these diskettes, these like yellow diskettes. And it had a different sound driver, so you would get more sound channels or like an extra sound channel or two to really make the music more robust. And Shovel Knight's music uses a program called FamiTracker, which allows you to write music like you would have for an NES, huh. but you can do it so that you have the extra sound channels. This isn't part of my pitch. I'm surprised I'm talking about this now. I'm sorry. But uh, just, to, just to paint the picture in video <laughs> game history here. A page um, from the archives with Mike right. Staub. That's right. So uh, actually, Shovel Knight uses a program that actually puts those extra sound channels in, which is why the music sounds so robust. So we have this 8-bit game in Shovel Knight. We're going to call it 8-bit in quotes. It's close enough. It's yeah. not quite 16-bit. 8-bit asterisk. So as everything at this point in time went, 
around 1990, 1991, 1992, we started to see a shift. And all these franchises that were 8-bit games started going 16-bit. And when games went 16-bit, they usually got some sort of weird name at the front, some sort of adjective on the front based on what console they were on. Or they maybe had a different subtitle based on the, okay. con the console they were on. But the games are always different. If you play Aladdin on the Super NES and you play Aladdin on the Genesis, they're developed by two different teams and they're two totally different games. Right. Well, if one you, is good. Yeah. I, actually, <laughs> I'm the one. People get mad at me for this. I actually think the SNES one is the good one. It is. It's the better one. It was made by Capcom. And yeah. The Genesis one is bad. It Wait, just looks good. People like the Genesis one? People like the Genesis one because it looks good and you have a sword. No, Aladdin yeah. doesn't even really use a sword in the movie. I, I know. We're not oh, gonna... that SNES Aladdin's really good. I'm upset that people think it's the other one. Oh, yeah. Most people most people disagree with me, but no. Wow. Fuck most people. Dude, you can't mess with Capcom developed Disney No, you games. can't mess with Capcom on fucking anything. Capcom pretty, fucking rules. Pretty much behind Nintendo, they're probably the, the second best video game developer in the world. If, not, if you want to just kind of be like, hey, they're the second best Japanese developer fine but capcom is definitely like top people three that, people that listen to this podcast must be like i think mike and jordan work for capcom i i hope i can every game we talk about is a fucking capcom game or nintendo that's really all we cover i'd love to work for capcom like hire me i'd love to do something i capcom's like honestly i, I bleed nintendo red and white i would absolutely be very close to bleeding capcom blue and yellow oh yeah so all right, so we've, I don't we've even know up, what I'm talking up, about. You've talked up the music tracks on the Famicom. Where are we going from here? So we talked about that. So back when you got to the 16-bit era, they would be splits and the games would be totally different. So I would love it when Yacht Club, you know, in their infinite time and money, because obviously, right, money is 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 uh, is uh, it's a state of mind. Free money, money's free. That's right. Money as, is as as Craig Staub, <laughs> friend of the show and brother to you, is fond of saying, money's, money's free. Money's free. Money's free. So I would love for Yacht Club to make two 16-bit games. I would love them to make one that looks and sounds like a Genesis game and call Ooh. it like Mega Shovel Knight because the Mega, Ooh, the, yeah. Mega, the Mega Drive is what they called the Genesis everywhere but America. And also, on the other side, I would want, want one to look and sound like a Super Nintendo game and I'd want it to be called Super Shovel Knight. Oh, hell because yeah. Because why not? And they would be totally <laughs> different games and they would look different and sound different and and play different, but it would be beautiful to see that. Kind of like when we got to the 16-bit era, we got Super Castlevania, and then we got Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis. And they were different games, both Castlevania games, both fit within the genre enough to work, but they were different, and they had different experiences there. The same thing happened with Contra as well. These are both Konami games. Right. And Contra also had a split. You had Contra Hardcore on the Genesis, and you had uh, Contra 3, The Alien Wars on the Super Nintendo. And then after that, somewhere down the line, and this is the smallest part of my pitch, there needs to be a Shovel Knight 64. It's the only progression I can think of just because that's how these games always worked. And you can hate 64-bit games as much as you want. Oh, and but I do. I, <laughs> uh, well, I, I have a question, though, then. So say what you want about the N64. Of course, there's some wonderful games on it, and it's very important to the history of video games. I respect yes. 64 in the same way, like, I respect Pink Floyd. Like, I get it, but I don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? What would Shovel Knight on the N64 look like? Wouldn't that kind of ruin the charm of that look, that graphic style play? I trust, I trust Yacht Club enough 
I really do. I trust them enough to be able to work within that format the right way. I think if you're going to make a Shovel Knight 64, it's got to kind of look like a cleaner version of Ocarina of Time mm. uh, and something like that, but maybe a little bit more action heavy, a little bit more adventure heavy, maybe a little bit more platforming, but I don't want it to turn into like a Banjo-Kazooie collect-a-thon. Like I want to still have that kind of that kind of feel of that you're you're fighting whatever you're fighting in in whatever probably maybe not the order for no of no quarter but maybe some other some other stuff and some other evil stuff and black knight and all that jazz that that idea these ideas aren't as 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 developed as my main pitch here but this is kind of where i can see shovel knight going is this the main pitch now now I'm coming in the main pitch so how oh, about shit. how about this Woo! listen shovel knight borrows from mario right Mario had Mario. It's uh, Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3. Super Mario World. Yoshi's Island, obviously, which is kind of like not in that realm, but also kind of is. Super Mario 64. Mario also did something else in between. We talked about this on another episode. Mario at some point had a game called Super Mario RPG. The Legend of the Seven Stars. Which is my favorite video game of all time. Now I think, after we get Shovel Knight, after we get Mega and Super Shovel Knight, we need Shovel Knight RPG, the order of no quarter. Oh, hell yes. So the premise of this game is that the Enchantress has been defeated. We found out that the whole time it was Shield Knight possessed by this dark magic energy from this amulet. She's been defeated and her energy goes elsewhere Mm. into the world. But like everything else, Peace can't exist for so long without there being another fight or the other dark energy coming back. I think at this point in time, there's one of the... I love the Order of No Quarter so much yeah. that I want them to be an integral part of this game. And what I want to happen is there's one of the knights who really, really just, really just wants to be revered. He wants to be loved and appreciated. And he wants power, but he's a weakling and he's a, he's a hack and he's a joke. So I want King Knight, the most decadent of all the dandies. Oh, yes. To find whatever's left of the amulet that was left by the Enchantress after she was destroyed and vanquished. I fucking love this already. And I want him to be possessed by her dark energy. I want the, the valley King Knight with this new dark power to take over the Tower of Fate. Wow. And I want his dark energy to emanate all over the land with trumpets <laughs> and confetti and parades and it's like this dark evil parade that goes through the land corrupting it with all this dark energy and shovel knight's been away and from huge posters of king knight just everywhere everywhere king knight pictures of king knight posters of king knight if you don't like king knight his night knights <laughs> hunt you down and and throw you in the tower of fate where you be kind of kind of become like a soulless husk of of a person. And obviously your energy is becomes part of the whole tower of fate. Now, King Knight, he's ruling over the, the Valley as this big evil King. And the other Knights from the order of no quarter are kind of like, yo, what's going on? They try to fight back. They can't really do much. Shovel Knight and shield Knight, after coming back together, have decided to leave the Valley for some time and enjoy their time together after years apart. Oh yeah. From her being possessed. Meow. So I think what the game <laughs> <laughs> the game starts out Shovel Knight and 
Shield Knight are on some sort of some sort of vacation somewhere, maybe in some beachside kingdom that's nearby the valley, because oh, that makes sense. I'm I'm already seeing like Shovel Knight's in like a swimsuit and he's like bare chested, but he still has the helmet on. Oh, you like, know, he never, he never shows his face like the Mandalorian. Oh, you know, he's got that helmet on. I mean, that's yeah. the way, right? That is the way. And I think you have an early part of the game, similar to Mario RPG, where the Black Knight goes into the Tower of Fate to fight what they're calling the Dark King. Ooh. which is King Knight. Yeah. And he makes it all the way up to the top. But King Knight's dark power and dark energy is far too powerful. And he defeats the Black Knight and throws him out of the valley and out of the kingdom. The Black Knight looks all over the land and finally runs into Shovel Knight and Shield Knight on their, I would say, I guess it's their honeymoon, right? Right, yeah, it, runs, it is. Runs into them in their honeymoon while they're on the beach and says, we need your shovel. And, and he's like, I'm a little busy right now. And he like yeah. indicates Shield Knight. And, and Black Knight's like, no, man, no, you, you really, we need you. And Shield Knight and Shovel Knight and Black and the Black Knight bind together and they start this little party. Okay, so that's the initial trio. That's the initial trio. So then what you have to do in this game, the goal of this game is you need to go to all of the other different little kingdoms in the valley and you have to purge them of whatever this King Knight dark energy is while the King Knight is, is, you know, he's mooching off of all this stuff. And what you're doing is you fight at the end of every different area. You fight a corrupted version of one of the other knights of okay. the order of, order of no quarter. And they're all back. And they're all back. They're all okay. back. You fight all of them. And when you beat them, they become part of your party. Oh, sick. So you have a huge party by the time you hit Tower of Fate. So by, by the time you get to the Tower of Fate, you've got a big party. But like any RPG... You switch them in and out. They all get different abilities based on what they're good at and what they can do. Obviously, like Plague Knight is probably like a healer, mm -hmm. right? Spectre Knight probably uses a whole bunch of magic. I would say like some of the other knights, like Mole Knight and Tinker Knight, I'm not sure how you would make them work within like an RPG party setting, but like Tinker Knight can kind of be like a gadgeteer type guy. Polar Knight's easily like your barbarian type or something sure, like that. Yeah, when he's like a big him. bruiser. A propeller Knight could be like, He's the captain of your airship that you get, like you get in every single, every single RPG of this type. Right. So maybe Propeller Knight comes along later because you you wanted to open up fast travel, which is something yeah, you did in the late yeah. game. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what that's how it works. And I think, you know, to, at the beginning, you you build up. I think you start out like you know you you pick up you have the black you have Black Knight you have Shield Knight you have Shovel Knight, and then you end up you pick you pick up Plague Knight and Specter Knight early because they're hmm. from the other expansions and they kind of round out the party. Especially because yep. I feel like, you know, Shovel Knight's kind of like your main attack type of character. Shield Knight is probably like a defense type of character, probably has defensive base moves. And then you can have like Spectre Knight can be like, like a magic user, like, like a wizard. And then you can have like Plague Knight, who's kind of like a healer who uses maybe potions and stuff to like heal your party and all that. And I just would love it to be just a, a fairly classic turn-based role-playing game where you can switch party members out actually pretty I easily. I love it. That's awesome. And I would love to take stuff from like, I would love to take from a bunch of different places. First of all, I think the Mario RPG style of timed hits and timed blocks mm. is very good. And I think that should be in here as well, especially since music is- Yeah, music actually, plays a role, yeah. Plays an important role in Shovel Knight. And, and especially like with the minstrel, right? Yes. So I think the whole point of the game is that you use music and you have to use the rhythm of the game to, to kind of do all these the things. The rhythm of the, the game. game. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, you know, Shovel Knight's special moves are like all his special shovel moves and maybe some of the items he gets. And 
and stuff like that over time. And like every character has like their list of special moves and they have like different things that they can do inside and outside of combat. And, and you know, I want to I wanna kind of build the world. It's less of a world map like, like um, Mario 3 or Shovel Knight is and more of a world map like a typical RPG as you kind of make your way around these, oh, cool. these, these, around, around the world, around the valley. Because I want, I want you to be able to branch out and find some other places that aren't necessarily like on that very somewhat linear map. Can you see enemies as they approach you to like trigger an encounter or you want it to be like random? I... At this point, I'm kind of past the random encounter, random encounter. Okay. I'm very much into the, you see the enemy on the map and you walk into them. Oh, like Mario RPG. Yeah. Like Mario RPG. Exactly. And I also would love to have something from like, something that you would see in like Octopath Traveler where you where enemies that you fight actually have strengths and weaknesses so that you can like, quote unquote, break them and deal oh, more okay. damage. And I want you to be able to switch the knights uh, from the order of no quarter in and out very easily, like in battle. Oh, okay. So that you could swap them in and out. So like, say- Almost fighting, like assist trophies or something like that. Like, almost, almost like that, yeah. So like you're in a fight and you have four people in your party and like you find out, well, this character is actually not weak against shovels, uh, but they're, <laughs> you know, but they're weak against the scythe. Potions or whatever, or, yeah. Yeah, right. or something like that. So you can bring in one of the other characters to do their thing or they're weak against propellers or what, whatever. And- uh, as you go through the game, you pick up all the rest of the knights of, of the order and they're like hero characters now because they're like, listen, we don't want the valley to go away. We don't want to be corrupted. We, I mean, obviously we've had some run-ins in the past with Shovel Knight, but we, we, we face a common enemy right now. The fakest knight of all, the fakest king of all has become the most powerful being in the valley and is doing some very, very terrible things. And obviously there's going to be all sorts of equipment and armors and weapons that you upgrade over time and you ability systems and all that and then obviously a bunch of side quests where you do all sorts of things maybe you collect music maybe you you know find secret weapons by combining two different shovels to make a really good shovel like all the all the (laughs) The double shovel yeah the double shovel trouble so all of the stuff that you would expect out of a turn-based classic rpg just like come to life i want it to be tight though i I would really like something like this to be a 20 to maybe 40 hour experience like something like a chrono trigger or a secret of mana where the game itself is probably like 30 to 40 hours tops but like you do everything in that 30 to 40 hours and it never feels bloated it never feels like it overstays its welcome and then obviously at the end you collect all the knights all the knights get together and you fight the dark king one-on-one and obviously you beat dark king he gets destroyed and like every rpg of this style he was the second to last boss and then you gotta fight the big dark energy monster that actually created the dark energy in the first place and then that's the real you start off the game you save a cat on the beach you end the game you beat god and that's how (laughs) shovel knight rpg the order of no quarter works in my mind oh i thought that was great i love it uh i have a couple of ideas for your game oh please suggestions so one in a rpg of this nature sometimes a character dies i was hoping could perhaps black knight get killed and at some point come back as like the white knight you know what i mean do like little green ranger gandalf the gray type situation uh i think that's beautiful actually something like that happens in final fantasy 4 in final fantasy 4 
obviously this will be based off of classic. You call Final this an homage to Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, exactly. IV. This is obviously ba- you know heavily inspired by classic Final Fantasy, Mario RPG, Dragon sure. Quest, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, all that stuff. It would be great because in Final Fantasy IV, Cecil, the main character, he starts out as a dark knight. Yeah. As a dark knight, has all this like dark magic that he uses, and he's really cool looking. He's got this crazy horned helmet and stuff. But the, yeah. you find out halfway through the game that the only way for him to truly win is for him to not die, but him to give up the path of the Dark Knight and become a paladin. So that's actually a great character moment for someone like Black Knight who can come back as like, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll have some like fun, funky name for him, maybe like the Reborn Knight or the Paladin Knight or something like that, where he comes back in like this shiny silver white gold armor and maybe he does like a whole bunch of things. Like he starts using like holy magic and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Love Uh, that idea. Also being that this is kind of a parallel or a love letter to Mario RPG in some way. You know what I'm going to ask? Can I get Gino in the game somewhere? He is a construct. I mean, I think he's at home. He you know, I, somewhere. I will say this much. We can't probably can't call them Gino by name. What the fuck? Yes, we can. We can do anything. We're but how I, about this? I, I, you know what? Yeah, we are. How about this? We have infinite money. I mean, it would make perfect sense for Tinker Knight to have a Gino doll. There you go. Right. Why would he not have a Gino doll that, he uses maybe as like a summon to summon like the Star Knight, right? Maybe that's Gino's name in this game, codename Star Knight. And he's yeah. like, Ooh, uh, I love that. The Star Knight? Star yeah. Knight sounds awesome. And it just looks just like Gino. Dude, Star Knight's cool. I like this already. <laughs> I he hope has so. to be in now. Now he's got to be in. He's got to be in the game. That's just how it works. Wow. So Tinker Knight like sucks, but he fucking builds Star Knight. I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, that would be kinda, cool. Kind of like in a Pinocchio Geppetto kind of way. Perfect. I love that. Now oh, that's really cool. Do you have any other suggestions or questions, my friend? I think I think those are what, like the two things that I was like listening in on. I was like, all right, what? How else could we like shoehorn in more from like Mario RPG in there? I guess my other question would be like, uh, obviously RPGs are are so worthwhile for folks that want to replay them for like side quests. Do you have any cool side quest ideas? Or and because you know Shovel Knight is already a property that likes to bring in and cameo other properties, I feel like side quests could be silly even, and they could just be like, hey, do this side quest from. I don't know. Yeah. God of War or something like that. It could be anything. Yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. I think it would be really great to also bring back some of those traveling knights that you fought. Yeah. Bring, bring the battle toads into the party. You know what? Screw it. Let's fight the battle toads. <laughs> we can fight the battle toads. We'll fight Kratos. We'll fight Mario. I don't care, but it would be cool to, to do something with, remember those other knights that were like kind of rolling around the, the valley and you would fight them kind of like the hammer brothers. Yeah. Yeah. They were really cool actually. Yeah. That would be a really cool side quest, right? Maybe like if you fight all three of them and free them, from uh king knight's kind of spell maybe you get them as like maybe not as playable characters but maybe or their like weapons a, or something yeah, yeah get their weapons or a summon or something like that i think it would be obviously there's going to be side quests for um the best armor and the best weapon for every character sure i so also there's there's a good side quest opportunities just kind of already baked into the pie like obviously you want to bring back people like the minstrel the truple king yep, the, yep. You know, the big fish you know i think yeah i think collecting music again is a very important aspect of something like this you know collecting things for for the, yeah, the big whale fish thing i also think that it would be really cool if each individual knight had a side story oh, yeah. that that you know when you meet them you get the ability to kind of talk to them maybe when you're in a, in an inn or something kind of like how you talk to cloud and go through his history in final fantasy 7 maybe there's a moment in this game for each of the knights to do like maybe like i don't know maybe like a like a a little side quest 
that that's based on their story that kind of branches off. Maybe it's a flashback or maybe it's something that they have to do that that's some unfinished business that each night has to do that you can do. You don't have to do, it's not required, but maybe you get some very special item for that character or maybe yeah. a special ability for that character. Similarly to how like in Final Fantasy VII, you gotta go to the waterfall if you wanna get the death, the death penalty weapon for Vincent or the chaos right. limit break, you know? So maybe it's something like that. So maybe it's like Spectre Knights, like, hey, listen, I never got to, Really, you know, I use the thing on myself and uh, on the other guy to bring them back to life. So I stayed as a specter. Maybe I could do something to maybe get his soul back or something like that. Or mm. maybe you can build like you can work with Plague Knight to build that ultimate potion or something like that. Something like that across the thing. Maybe that's how you get the Star Knight with Tinker Knight. You have to like actually go through the game and find all the little pieces for the knight for him to build. Uh, maybe it's something like that. Oh, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, this is this is really cool. I mean, I I would Mike, I would kickstart this for a hundred dollars. <laughs> Me too. I hope that it happens. To be honest, like, there's no way the guys over at Yacht Club have not thrown around the idea of a Shovel Knight RPG. I know that's that's you know being presumptuous, but like, I I I don't see how they they wouldn't throw that idea around, especially since like where they're pulling from. Right. So it seems it seems like this might be something that might be in the works. Something like this might happen. Probably not to this degree or the way this I'm explaining it, but I do think that we might actually eventually get some sort of shovel knight rpg oh that'd be awesome uh, Mike, great pitch this sounded so cool i was i was honestly as soon as i realized what you were pitching i was like oh my god that's so fucking awesome so this is great well thank you man yeah this is something i would love to see i obviously love uh classic and obviously it would be somewhere between 16 and 32 bit uh, i think a game like this really needs to embrace the golden age of jrpgs and really hit that super nintendo ps1 that perfect Super Nintendo PS1 balance that really gave us those wonderful Squaresoft RPGs. Yeah, and I can actually feel it in the controller right now, just getting off those timed hits on those shovels, you know, yep. just as everybody's fucking whacking, which is gonna be like the end of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> We're in the yeah, pub. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I can hear the sound effects of like the bang, bang, of yeah. like, like double attacking or like- Yeah, it would, it would like rock. shield night blocking. I think yeah, or even really like cool. a, a, a pogo-ish special attack, things like yep. that. Or maybe you could use the pogo on the yep. overview map. You know, that'd be really cool. Yeah, really cool. I, I like that idea. I, yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff in something like this, a lot of great ideas in something like this that a company like Yacht Club can obviously, you know, they can make a game like this shine. I think it would be beautiful. And like everything else they do, it would be a complete homage to everything about classic RPGs that so many of us like. Loving it, man. Well, thank you. And obviously, you dug, you dug deep, sir. I dug deep. And obviously, I would love to have Jake Kaufman back to do all the music because I think the music of Shovel Knight is as much a character as anything else. Okay, but I have a question. How can we get Anya Taylor-Joy involved? Boy, this is tough because I don't can think... Can she play Shield Knight in the movie version? Yes. There you go. Perfect. That'll Perfect. work out. We did it. We did it. We, we figured it out, guys. Guys. And obviously, to... Pedro Pascal is Shovel Knight. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Clearly. the way. Right. This is the way. Thanks, dude. Uh, everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of How About This, where we talked about one of our favorite modern video game properties, Shovel Knight. We hope that Shovel Knight has a long and amazing career as a video game character. And if you haven't played Shovel Knight, I don't know why you listen to this episode, but if you haven't played Shovel Knight, I will tell you right now, if you were ever on the fence about buying this game, this game, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, penny for, for penny, is probably one of the absolute best values of a video game. It's probably like 20 bucks right now on any virtual eShop. 
It is worth its weight in every sort of every sort of precious metal. Buy Shovel Knight and play it. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, and honestly, you're supporting really good people that made the game and continue to turn out a great product. So, uh, yeah, join the Shovel Club. Yes, join the Shovel Retro Revolution. And once again, thank you so much to the king of cards himself, Jordan Hugh. Thank you for this episode. To the long-haired Specter Knight of my dreams, Mike Stout. <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a whole bunch of other random episodes about stuff, but we have some very special stuff coming up very soon this summer, so please be on the lookout. But once again, for Jordan Hugh, I'm Mike Staub, and thank you so much for listening to How About This. And there you have it. That is our episode on Shovel Knight. Jordan and I had an absolute blast recording that one. I actually had a great time going back and listening to this episode when I was editing it. It was just so much fun to talk about one of the greatest independent video games of all time and one of the best video games of the last 10 years. We hope you had a blast too, and if you haven't played Shuffle Knight, I hope that this encourages you to go out there and give this game a shot because it is awesome. Now, you want to follow us? You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at How About This Pod. You can also like and subscribe and give us a comment on these posts because every time you give us a rating or you leave a comment or you write something about us online it helps this show become more and more visible and without you all out there we wouldn't be able to do this so thank you so very much for listening to us jordan and i are so happy with what's been going on so far and we cannot wait to share the Summer of Slam with you in the very, very near future. We only have a couple more weeks before the summer starts, so please get yourselves ready. And, as always, enjoy your day, and thank you for supporting How About This.